to the Skeptic Wire. Recording of the Skeptic Wire. It is the 9th of October 2013. I am your host, Gary Law, and with me this week are Donald Swafford. Hello, hello, hello. And Greg Prine. Greg Prine is not here. He's been shut down by the federal government. Has he? Yes. Is it because of all the arms he's been amassing? No, no, it's the government shutdown thing. No, he doesn't Legs. amass arms, he amasses feet. Feet. How many feet are you? <laughs> About five and a half. <laughs> okay. So that was everybody's week, rather than being shut. Apparently, universities don't shut down. <laughs> like, my the test I had last last um, Thursday was not stopped. Because, yeah, professors don't care. Well, it's a state Professors college, don't give a shit. Not a federal college. Yeah, but... Colleges do receive federal grants, right? So, you know, although my fr my my friend Grant was actually still there too, so he wasn't shut down either. <laughs> but I'm pumped. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm mostly pissed because I couldn't think of a Grant joke before that. <laughs> and as far as I know, Grant Imahara was also on MythBusters. Haven't shut that down. Yeah, I want to <laughs> shut this conversation down. <laughs> All right, you had something happen this week. Yeah, about um, a goldfish or something, right? Yeah, I. Yeah, you and your obsession with goldfish. And people, you you're don't just know. trying to give them away to people. Every hey, do you want a goldfish? I'm, I'm the okay. I'm just trying to be a peacemaker. You like the gun, like the Colt no, 45. No, like Nobel Prize peacemaker. Oh, well, first you have to be president in black, or follow or follow George Bush. <laughs> Wow, okay. That, that wasn't supposed to come out as racist as it did. <laughs> Last year, the people who got the Peace Prize was all of the European Union, so yeah, I, I figured I got a chance. So apparently someone on Facebook decided to put together a Facebook page called Should Miri Mogilevsky Be Put to Death, Was It? Or Should Be Killed? Killed. Should Be Killed. And... Or, or yeah, should she... Be killed. Should so she should be killed? Mary well, be killed. I apologize for messing up the threatening <laughs> web page. Yeah. No, uh, no, it's free speech. I'm sure, right? Well, that's what the about section of this web page was saying. That really, essentially, this is a test to see: is my free speech? Are people going to try to censor me? That sort of thing. Where that don't seem to understand the free speech nature of well, you can speak, but you can't yell fire in a crowded uh, film place theater. Yeah. You can't, you can't <laughs> yell theater in a crowded firehouse. Either. Exactly. A post went up on Skeptic, and um, some people I know on Facebook and Twitter or whatever started tweeting about it, saying, go complain, and it took 100 complaints, and f and hours and hours and hours went by, and they would send Facebook would send back messages saying, no, no, it doesn't yeah, meet our requirements. It's, because it's, for not, it's not really a it's direct say, threat. It's yeah. a... Uh, Oh, I'm just asking. It's it's basically the Glenn. It's jacking Beck. off. Yeah, it's what yeah, they call exactly. Well, essentially, what Facebook said is yes, that it didn't questions. constitute harassment. Right, and because they, he wasn't 
presumably he probably so wasn't directly going out and saying hey look at the page i made about you yeah it's it was more oh i'm just asking the question and and that kind of stuff but eventually through the basically the pressure from people who read skeptic and their associates the page got finally taken down oh that's good it was just amazing to me that someone felt such I don't know, annoyance at someone to say, should they be killed? But there's also pages for uh, George Bush and for Obama and Michelle Bachman. I mean, from all sides, people just put up things, nasty little things like that. And so I don't have an answer for that. It's it's rude and it's a dickish thing to do. Here's the thing. I can understand saying, I think Michelle Bachman is a total poo-poo head. Okay? I get that one. Because pretty much that's what I think. But should a Facebook page be started that says, should Michelle Bachman be killed? And does that whole, hey, I'm just asking a question. You know, we should be able to amend the Constitution that says we should be able to kill this person. I I have a problem with that, even though it's Michelle Bachman and I really dislike her. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's sort of like the the whole target, like the Republicans putting a target over the Democratic candidates. And to be fair, I think it went the other way also. Because yeah, target, well, target. I mean, there's a lot of militaristic language that gets used in yeah. campaigns. We're going to defeat the enemy and that kind of stuff. Right. But this isn't that. But, yeah, <laughs> but it's it's still just – there's free speech and then there's threatening speech, yeah. which is not covered under free speech. And and to be frank, this whole thing about Rebecca Watson and Amy Roth and all these – especially the female bloggers, but the male bloggers too. PZ Myers probably gets threats all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All this kind of vitriol and back and forth is actually a reason why I don't read blogs anymore, let alone read the comments. But I just <laughs> yeah. I just heard about this through Facebook, and it was just like, you know what? I don't even know this person. And probably the people who put together this page had never met Mary in person. And I said, you know what? I don't know this person, so this is going to be my response. And I put together a Facebook page saying, should Mary Mogilevsky be given a free goldfish? Because that's how you have a free speech discussion about should Which it be I a tank, should it should be a actually. globe, should it be more than one fish, should it have a little castle, should it have a little scuba diver with the bubbles. But then yeah. but then I have to make a page, which I haven't done, but I think I will. Should people be, be given live pets as gifts without without prior notice? That's part of the conversation, and, yeah. and that's why I wanted to just open up the conversation in kind of a satirical way to say, come on, people, let's – Keep things civil. Let's just have a discussion. And um, it seems that... Because you know what's going to happen now is every time she goes to a conference and and speaks (laughs) at a conference, someone's going to give her a goldfish. Way to go. (laughs) She's going to have to build herself a koi pond. Someone actually suggested giving her an entire koi pond. (laughs) That'd be pretty cool. But apparently she lives in an apartment in New York City or something like that. Even cooler. So... Well, yeah. koi ponds aren't the smallest things in the world, so I'd probably take it. I, I sent out basically an invitation to this page to maybe a hundred of my friends who are on the skeptical side of things, so not my high school or college friends, that sort of thing. And within five minutes, Miri Muglevesky herself actually liked the page. Congratulations! <laughs> I was like, this this is the amazing part of the internet age that this could travel this quickly, but I. And she got the satire. She appreciated the fact that I was poking fun at this other person who was asking this free speech question but couldn't keep things civil 
by having free speech in a non-threatening way. Yeah, yeah, but anytime that they start doing that, the jacking off, the just asking questions of, oh, I was just asking a question here. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to define it. No, you're not. You're just being a dick. Let's just <laughs> cut, cut to the chase. That's yeah. being a dick. Yeah. So at least I found out through this process, like, if I had gone to Free Thought Blogs and looked at her about section... I would have found out that she's a big fan of Cheez-It crackers. So maybe people will give her goldfish crackers instead. Ah. Yeah, but those aren't Cheez-Its. I understand this. I'm a big fan of... Those are Cheez-Its ugly cousin. No, those are... um, Oh, oh, what is... There's the other cheese... Cheese nips? Yeah. Yeah, those are the bastard cousins. Yeah, no, I like them both. Get out. (laughs) I like pops and sodas. You're digging a bigger hole for yourself there, Gary. So that's that's something I did on Sunday because I just was kind of tired of the, the anger and wanted to have a little fun with it. And it gave me an excuse not to clean my house. <laughs> Took you that long to make the page? Well, not to make the page. <laughs> but I liked interacting with all these strangers who were liking the page. And we got about 100 likes that day, and it's trickled off since then. And the page will probably die. But I liked interacting with people who were posting and say. Well, you know, it shouldn't be a goldfish bowl. It should be a tank because you can do a filter. And or no, 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 no. You know, it should be people. There was a whole discussion on consumerism and this should yeah. be a freegan goldfish obtained from a pond. And, well, that's fish slavery. And, and people were having <laughs> fun with it in having this discussion about should some stranger be given a goldfish. So it was fun. Excellent. What did you do this weekend, Gary? I worked. Donna? <laughs> I did absolutely nothing. Cool. I sat and I watched TV and really bad TV that we will not discuss because it was that bad. <laughs> yeah, I stopped watching Bones too. No, it was actually worse than that. Somebody in my house Can't put on it. reality TV. and No, oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say, let's just leave it at that, okay? And it wasn't... I'm, like, I'm surprised you can even speak right now. Oh, I am Isn't just like a woman. Isn't that I'm just... Oh, that really wasn't the point. <laughs> apparently you had a misogynistic day, so... Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> apparently it was true housewives of North Dakota or something that they made her watch. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it was actually worse. It was dance mobs. <laughs> dance mobs? <laughs> that's, that's a thing? Good gracious. Is this prom? I guess it was Dances? Discovery or, Channel. No, this is like little kid, like, trying to be, grow up to be like. To be on so you can think Broadway. you can dance or something. Right. Uh, and fame and that sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, I watched three episodes and then was like, oh my God, I got to turn this off. Your ears started bleeding. <laughs> Covered in an oily sheen. When I started your... to learn the names of the people on the show, instead of going. The, the little bitchy one. and <laughs> Well, the, that doesn't the, the, identify anybody in particular. You know, and I was like, <laughs> the bitchy one in pigtails and the bitchy one with black. You know, when I started, like, oh, that's Sarah. And I was like, <laughs> Speaking of, <laughs> uh, the 48-hour film experience uh, project thing that, that you worked on and that yes. I slide you is now available to Online. watch on Vimeo. Wait. And I will post it on our Facebook page, yeah. and I will make sure that the guys post it in the show notes, 
so you guys can watch it. There is a slight change to the, the original. original yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. The yeah. song at the very <laughs> end is not Gary's. Everything yeah. else is Gary's. Yeah, awesome. All right, so moving on. Uh, Wacky memes? Birthday. Oh, birthdays. 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 <laughs> Damn it, it's written down. <laughs> You're just jumping ahead this entire show. So, would you like to know whose birthday it is today? Do we have any muggle of birthskies? <laughs> Sorry, that's just bad. Wrong. Nope. Do we have any birthdays? Birthdays? We have birthdays. Yes, birthdays. we have birthdays. <laughs> and we're going to switch it up a little bit this week. There's a theme to the a birthdays. A theme? A theme? Yes. But not a theme song, just a theme. No. No, we haven't written a we theme can't, song we for can't, birthdays. We can't sing the theme. I'm not singing yeah, that song. Birthday, birthday, like, happy. Birthday, birthday, birthday happy. Birthday, birthday, happy. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I was going to do a little dance move for it. So. Okay. So I would like you to tell me, of the people I'm going to mention whose birthday it is today, what they have in common. We've got Herman Emil Louis Fischer, Max Theodore Felix von Loo, Ivan Andrik, Sir Peter Mansfield, and Jody Williams. They're, they're foreigners. They're not American. <clears throat> they're all chemists. Jody Williams is from America. They're chemists. No. Uh, one is a chemist. They all believe that they're, they're coming back as ghosts. I They're don't alchemists. think so. Two of them are still alive, so that's going to work. Wait, coming back is good. Well, like Even I said, one is a that. chemist. I said alchemists. Well, that uh, alchemist oh. became... No, you are not conflating chemistry and alchemy. No, the peop... <laughs> Chemistry came from out... was learned from alchemy. They all tried for the uh, Randy Million Dollar Prize. No, but you're getting warmer. Gosh. Two of them were physicists. Uh, they all uh, have perpetual motion machines. No. Oh. One of them is a novelist. And the other one is a political activist. They all have the letter E in their name somewhere. Jody Williams does not have the letter E in her name. Well, she should. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually J-O-D-I-E. I've also got Ivan and Andrik, who does not have How do you know that it's, it, that, that's a miss, that that's a typo, and it's not supposed to be... E-V-A-N. Wikipedia has no typos, goddammit. <laughs> okay. Well, mm. you mentioned how they might want to go for a prize. Yeah. These people have all won a Nobel prize. prize. No. Yes. No, uh, of some sort. Yes. But, all right, okay. Herman Emil Louis Fischer was a German chemist, and um, he won about the Fischer projection and carbon atoms and stuff. Uh, Max Theodore Felix von Loh was a, f- a physicist, and he discovered that you could diffract x-rays using crystals and stuff like that. Ivan Andrik was a Yugoslav novelist, and he won the Nobel Peace Prize in 1961. Peter Mansfield was a physicist who won in medicine for discovering that basically stuff concerning MRIs. Okay. I'm just giving the, the high side things. And uh, Jody Williams is a political activist who basically worked to try to ban anti-personnel landmines. Yeah. So all so these people... So she got people, it with not Princess Diana? Um, well, Princess Diana's dead. 
Well, now. Yes, and uh, she uh, Jody Williams won in 1997. I don't remember when Diana died. Could it, in 97. Okay, then there you go. Diana died too soon. Okay. But I mention all these people not just for the fun coincidence that five people who got a Nobel Prize were born today on October 9th, but also because this is the week the actual Nobel Prizes for 2013 are being announced. Uh Right now we're halfway through the week and we've gotten chemistry for a computer model system that was designed on how to track chemical reactions, a physics prize on the Mr. Higgs who theorized the Higgs boson. Uh, convenient that he theorized. Mr. Higgs. Not Professor Dr. or Dr. Higgs, Higgs, but Mr. Higgs. Mr. Higgs goes to Washington. I'm jealous, all right? <laughs> Mr. Higgs goes to Oslo. <laughs> but I was just saying that it's very convenient that he theorized about a particle that just happened to be named the same as he was. So that's nice. And also, I think today... What are the odds that you would discover a particle that would be named after yourself? Exactly. Um, I mean... It's astronomical to figure that out. Yeah. No, it's the the oh well, it's the physics prize. Okay, astronomical. That could make sense. Could be, yeah. Anyway, and uh, last, at least as of the recording of this on October 9th, we had a medicine prize given out today about how substances are moved around the cells. So I thought I'd celebrate Nobel prizes all around. Happy, good time. Happy Fun Factory. Um, It's very noble of you. Yes, thank you. Uh, The rest of the week we'll hear literature and peace, and for some reason they wait until economics to the next week because that's the big prize. Well, it's the only way that any of the math majors could get one. (laughs) There is no Nobel Prize in math. Economics is... No. uh... Nope, those are the six categories. There is no Nobel yeah, Prize. Yeah, but what did what did uh, what's his face? Uh, Einstein? No, 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 no. He the beautiful he for mind physics. guy. Yeah, is economics. economics. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll find Strange. out the rest of those, and um, I'm sure some other very famous podcasts will cover the entire Nobel Prize is in more depth. But uh, I thought it was fun to talk about uh, these guys. An honorable mention for birthday today also goes to John Lennon, who mm-hmm. wrote. Imagine, which is quoted a lot by secularists, is Imagine No Religion. And also Lindley from Australia, who is a listener who I said hi to at TAM and uh, is a friend. Ah. So there you go. Sweet. Happy birthday. All oh. those people who I mentioned in the last 10 minutes. Yay. Excellent. Uh, ah, now. Now. <laughs> Now we got a lack of me. You missed one week and you can't do any transitions. <laughs> no. I, I thought I had a transition. Transi- I thought, yeah. No, I have no transitions. I thought you had a transatlantic liner. Yes. But I don't. It got hit by an iceberg. <laughs> while, it was, while it was just sitting there, the iceberg came up and just ran right into no it. No transition for you. That's right. <laughs> This week's Wacka Memes are all about the government shutdown. Wacka Meme! The, the United States government shutdown. United States government shutdown. And no, no, the world government shutdown, man. Well, oh, that's right. You the know, Illuminati. You, yeah. 
if you if you stay on Facebook long enough, you're sure you're bound to find some of that. And a lot of these memes that have been flying around about the government shutdown have a very conspiracy theory quality to yes. them. Well, the first one is somebody got upset because they went to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's website. Lo they and have an behold, arc. Lo and behold, it was... It's not that kind of Noah, Gary. Okay. And lo and behold, there was a sign-up that says, due to federal government shutdown, NOAA and most associated websites are unavailable. So, wait a minute. NOAA controls the weather. And if they're off now... Then it's going to rain. The weather oh, is yeah. out of control. Exactly. That explains why one of the most recent hurricanes, or at least the first tropical storm to turn into a hurricane, is named Karen, which is an ex-girlfriend of mine from high school. Okay. Thank you for that <laughs> trip around the mulberry bush. <laughs> Somebody took a screenshot of it and going, oh my God, the government shut down. You know, how are we going to ever live and everything else? What was funny was some of the comments. That's always the, where the true crazy of the internet comes right. out. Wonder how the shutdown affects the NSA spying. Nice, just in time to cancel our Tornado Watch OMG. Although Tornado Watches do also come from local newscasters and Doppler radar, so yeah. right. not necessarily NOAA. Although they have the satellites. <laughs> this is one of my favorite ones, just... Because of, and I will read it and then I will explain because it's, it's weird, funky spellings here. The loser dictator, not dictator, but dick, as in a diminutive for Richard, and tater, like as in tater salad or some shit like that, is added again. So I'm really kind of wondering what a dictator is. Well, it's like the it's potatoes a, can add or computators. No, it's it's a dildo carved out of a potato. And finally, the last <laughs> comment is ironic that he left that Sasquatch of a wife's website up and running, though. So apparently, a lot of blame being thrown at President Obama. Most of the comments were very Breitbartian, very yeah. don't tread on me. Oh, the evil federal government, even though you helped put some of these jackasses into power. Well, uh, the interesting thing is, like, you've got, like, the national parks and NSA and uh, NOAA, who are basically their non-emergency services. They're furloughing half or 75% of their workers or whatever. And that's happening across the board. And it's not one person making that happen. It just happens right. across the board. And if you look at the one that, like, on, no, it says, like, if you're looking for critical weather updates, you can go to weather.gov. And they're right there. It's a click away. And they give you the click. They're all like, here you go. Here it is. And then another click further down basically says, here, here's an explanation of what's shut down and what isn't. Yeah. So, you know, things like Social Security beneficiaries are going to continue to receive checks. Postal service, active duty military. Air traffic controllers, prison guards, and border patrol agents, and NASA mission control will all continue doing their jobs. There hmm. you go. I mean, some things are delayed, like there's talk about some of the NASA missions, the launches were potentially going to be delayed for the next Mars mission. But things have been starting to creep back in as popularity means they go back in, like the National Parks thing and the World War II yeah, veterans. But, but a couple of things that... Our important you know, uh, nuclear regulatory right. agency is down to 10%. FDA. Kind of FDA 
is another two NIH and cancer research yeah. right now. There are people who were slated to go into trials who now cannot. Yeah. So their health is potentially at jeopardy. Sure, but I mean, like the FDA, for example, there's an outbreak of salmonella on the West Coast. And according to them, as of yesterday, they're probably not even going to investigate because they don't have the people to do it. Well, they won't be able to find where it originated. That's right. the big investigation that the NIH, FDA type people would do sure, to narrow they, down which go. ones should be stopped. So the thing is, I don't think there's going to be a lot of blame put on FDA. But at the same time, the, the people who really want this, this is a good example of the free market. Uh, if Foster's Chicken are the people who had the outbreak. Will they do the jurisprudence to figure out where it came from? Are they even going to be dinged financially by oh. causing 300 cases of salmonella? It is an interesting factor because that the free market, right? The, the people who are trying to make the government smaller because they hate it so much are just proving with the shutdown how important the government is for us in day-to-day life in these big things like FDA, NIH, and all this kind of highways. Nuclear regulatory. Nuclear regulatory, <laughs> all that kind of fun stuff that when you have this many people in a country, you need that economy of scale of having one big bureaucracy to deal with those kind of overarching issues. And people are naturally bitching about some of their own, how it affects them personally. Everybody's got their pet projects or pet things that they're upset about the government. And one of them is right now, oh, my God, religious services on military bases are going to be totally shut down and priests are going to be arrested. Yeah, that was the big meme that they're going to start arresting priests for holding mass. Right. The way that this works is military bases sometimes do not have enough chaplains or enough of a specific denomination or whatever who are actually in the military. Who are in the military, sponsored by a religious organization to perform, say, a Catholic service. on. So the government actually hires 234 priests outside of the military to come in and provide Catholic services all across the world for military bases. Catholic contractors. Yes. And probably a few other denominations. The one that I have was 234 priests was have yeah. been hired under as a contract. But there's this pesky little thing called the Anti-Deficiency Act, which was passed in 1870 and prohibits the federal government from incurring any monetary obligations for which Congress has not appropriated funds. Since the government is shut down, they don't have the appropriated funds for these guys, so they cannot legally work for the federal government while the government is shut down. And we also learned from the episode of the West Wing where the government got shut down that they, the people who are working can't even just volunteer their time. Right. That's technically illegal. And that's where kind of the kind of muddiness of these contractor priests, they can't even come on base and voluntarily, free of pay, give these services. They're really not supposed to. Yeah. Right. Which is See, active-duty military can be forced to come in and work for no pay, but... Contract workers are exempt under the Anti-Deficiency Act. So, and if you really think that President Obama is going to go through the shitstorm political publicity storm of having priests arrested, you're dumber than shit. I'm sorry. That is a publicity nightmare that nobody's going to touch with a fucking 10-meter cattle prod. Yeah, but he's an antichrist, so of course he is. (laughs) Or he's Muslim. 
Or he's a secret atheist. Yeah, true. And finally, we got one more to talk about because I thought this one was really funny because it's really bad Photoshop. Was it the Ted Cruz goes to Hooters and his card gets declined? No. That was funny, but... (laughs) Which was from a satire site. Right. This one is... The government is spending money to have helicopters hover over Mount Rushmore with a sheet. (laughs) Awesome. So there's this picture of Mount Rushmore being covered with this sheet and there's two helicopters hanging it up. Really? If we had money to do that, I think we've got enough money to hire a couple people at NIH, a couple people at the Nuclear Regulatory Commission. The military's got lots of money. It's an interesting thing about uh, one of the common themes of all these incorrect memes and incorrect kind of things just getting thrown around is there's this small kernel of truth of what is actually happening. Like with Noah is getting shut down and the Catholic priests, because they're contractors and they're not allowed to go because of the so-and-so act. There was also a story on Breitbart.com where he was saying Obama is shutting the ocean down which actually came from the fact that because the Everglades National Forest covers the Florida Bay down in Florida, boats are not allowed to take charter trips into that bay because it's part of the national park. And somehow Breitbart turned that into the oceans are getting shut down. So they take this little kernel of truth be good for the fish. of what is actually happening. And I don't know if it's an echo chamber effect or just a game of telephone but it just turns into this wildly insane... Breitbart, Breitbart doesn't need a telephone. <laughs> yeah, but it, it just turns into this whole insane kind of, wait a minute, where did you get that from? Why would you even think that someone would hover in front of Mount Rushmore with a what? sheet? Why it, would you think that someone would send soldiers to shoot Catholic priests for trying to give mass or something? It's, well, now right. It doesn't follow any rational thought. Well, the principle behind this is is that the national parks, the trails, the facilities, the visitor centers, they're closed. They do not have the people to operate them. They're closed. The Smithsonian is closed, people. Which really sucks if you were on vacation or having a wedding in the national park. Exactly. Well, kind of like that whole shitstorm that happened with the World War II vets coming to see the World War II memorial. Yeah. And and they're breaking down the barriers and whatever. It's, well, yeah, because there's no staff there to basically make sure no one's spray painting the memorial. Yeah. Right. That's what it is, people. I mean, these places are closed because they don't have the staff to run them. And the majority, the vast majority of people who are going to, even these open air ones, such as... Grand Canyon or the World War II Memorial or the Vietnam Memorial. Yes, they're open air. They don't really need somebody there to show people around, but they do need somebody there to make sure that somebody's not spray painting epithets on these great works of art. Yeah. It's not that hard, people. Put your skeptical cap on and say, wait a minute, would the government really go this far? Just forget all the crazy memes and stick to the funny ones like Queen Elizabeth is going to take, re- back, take the uni- back the United States or Nick Cage is finally going to be able to steal the Constitution because of the yeah. shutdown. And, you know, stay with the funny ones like the IT crowd. Have you tried turning it off and turning it back on again? <laughs> that kind of stuff. Right in the middle of it, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of our talk about government shutdown, 
obviously, we're probably still going to be talking about this next week because, well, it's probably still going to be going on. Yeah, it doesn't yep. look like there's any end in sight. It's a whole yeah. lot of kind of people just, I'm going to stand my ground no matter what on both sides. Yeah, yeah. so it looks like they, some people finally got a spine, but they are kind of using it wrong. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of it does trace back to the fact that some people don't, have to worry about re-election because they've been gerrymandered so much that yeah, that's true. they're just going to stick to their base and screw everybody else. It, they're not beholden to the entire, entire nation. It's just, well, I have my 20 people back home who vote me in. Vote, so. Exactly. Exactly. But speaking about spines... Ah! Ha <laughs> ha! There was a problem recently at a... Uh, Swedish nuclear power plant in that it got shut down due to jellyfishes. Jellyfish. Yes. It uh, is the, oh boy, Oskarsham. Oskarsham nuclear power plant. Not the Arkham. No. Power. Okay. It's off the Baltic Sea. And like the Fukushima plant, it uses basically seawater intake valves to bring water in to cool the reactors yeah. and also cool the rods and everything and, and all that kind of fun stuff but it everything gets filtered so by the time it gets to the rods it's not like you're boiling fish off nuclear rods or anything like that but apparently a whole mess of what are they called a uh, moon jellyfish i think is the common moon jellyfish is okay. what they're called basically it, bloomed. They're, they're basically jellyfish with no pants yes exactly because okay. they look like a butt they over-reproduced in this area or just whatever and basically clogged up the intake pipes. So it got to the point where they like had to... a dirty to... sock. Wow. You they took had that to... long. <laughs> <laughs> dirty sock and a drain pipe. Okay. <laughs> um, they had to shut down the nuclear reactor. Right, because... Obviously, because they could, couldn't water, cool water yeah. wasn't getting thick. There wasn't like a nuclear breakdown or Chernobyl no. or anything like that. But... It worked exactly as it's supposed to, right? Because there wasn't a tsunami that fucked everything up, right? And uh, so this has happened uh, at, with a California plant recently, mm -hmm. and it appears that jellyfish are going in bloom last year and this year, and that's actually the term that they use. In other words, they are breeding more than they usually do on a yearly basis. So it seems to be like algae bloom. Yeah. And part of the reason that they're thinking is perhaps because of overfishing. That uh, and the oceans getting warmer is right. a more pleasant environment for jellyfish. Right. So with the fish, that removes predators. So they're exactly. not being eaten. So be like when you remove the wolves from, say, I don't know, Jellystone, <laughs> or Yellowstone. No, that's shut down. Yeah, which is shut down, but they're still going to breed, so the the deer will overbreed, and yeah. then you have to call them. Well, you also like have things that. like oh. jellyfish are able to tolerate some of those environments more, so if there's an algae bloom, which is sucking up all the oxygen so fish don't go there, jellyfish are perfectly fine going there. Exactly. That's called the Red Queen hypothesis. Let's say you've got like a deer and a tiger for whatever reason, and the deer will Got develop a, a trait planned. to like run faster. Right. So the tiger develops another trait. To and, a point. So there's always yeah. an arms race. Yeah. Right. It's Yeah, it's always the arms race. And yeah. unfortunately, it's not really working that well, the balancing system, because human intervention, like with the exactly. overfishing. But we have some lovely humans in South Korea who are 
contributing to the arms race between jellyfish and nuclear plant intake valves. How's that? They have developed the Jeros, the Jellyfish Elimination Robotic Swarm, which is an hmm. awesome name. Basically, it's these little autonomous, I guess, robots, plural. Blenders. Yeah, they're blenders. Yes. Well, <laughs> it's it's a bunch of robots that have GPS and cameras or whatever to d- detect jellyfish swarms mm. or swarms was it? I would say swarms. You we could oh. well just call them yeah, jellyfish yeah. swarms or uh, blooms. Yeah. They So they use GPS and cameras and whatever to detect jellyfish swarms and blooms and they basically gather around the bloom, deploy nets and it basically slowly but surely Scoops up those jellyfish and feeds them into a blender. <laughs> and then purees them. Yes, exactly. Which which kind of raises the question on why don't they have this on the nuclear reactors? Why doesn't that go through a blender at, at, like, at the very end? Now, granted, of or course. Or at the very beginning. Well, because you don't want to chop up the fish. Right. Mostly fish the, the, the intake valves for nuclear plants have just a series of filters getting smaller yeah. and smaller and smaller. So there's so basically the fish may come up against the filter and say, oh, I can't go that way. And they go back the other direction. Right. Apparently jellyfish, not quite so smart. Well, or because well, you've got this little <laughs> contained area where there are no fish. So the jellyfish go there to escape predators and just stay there. Yeah. So, like, like spiders, because spiders get in the weirdest places, and apparently they thrive. Yeah. So you've got this essentially robotic spider of death, the Jeros, and it can basically pulverize, at least the first version, 900 pounds of jellyfish an hour. That's a lot of jellyfish. Yes. And Which... But the next version is going to be 2,000 pounds an hour. Which I just Big. had to look this up. Technically, they're not a bloom. And they're not a whatever term we used before? Swarm. Swarm. They're a smack. A large group of jellyfish is called a smack. Sort of like a murder of crows. Interesting. One of those things that I wanted to throw out there are just... Very cool. Fun little fact for you. And that. if they get really hot and start smoking, it's a crack. Well, well, the reason why they're these robots, it's not just a problem for nuclear reactors. They, right. They'll they get into, like, fish hatcheries or whatever. And, and then eat, like, all the salmon. Exactly. Or, boats. Or... There's lots of jellyfish in swimming areas that, yeah. like, uh, was it uh, boxfish or um, jellyfish that are kind of more poisonous? And the man of war, man of war, that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. but if, it's, now the, the thing is, uh, the, the man of war isn't actually a jellyfish. The man of war is a is a collection of smaller animals. Okay, which is kind of raises the problem that these robots have is. You, you chop these suckers up. And, and they can't chop them up fine enough. Right. And so either the jelly-like thing survives and then just becomes more, or the egg and sperm of the actual jelly get released, and then you have a whole bunch of little baby jellies. Because around. you've got this blending motion, which is mixing all the egg and yeah. sperm together for all these various jellyfish. Yeah, it's just like artificial insemination, only in a very horrible way for the parents. <laughs> <laughs> So basically, you need a lot more blades, and you need to be able to keep the fish there even longer to really yeah, fully or try and sterilize destroy it at the through. cellular yeah. level. So what you're exactly. saying is you need one of those bullet blender type blades. Yes, yes. yes. blend. Yes, <laughs> jellies blend. We'll get the guy with the the mic and the shamwow, and he'll yeah, he'll that's destroy a blend guy. Yeah, he'll... that's that's a different guy. Oh, I'm the shamwow guy is dead. Anyway. Oh, that's no. right. The shamwow. No, the shamwow no, guy is the slap. 
I don't know. No, the one who died was the one with the beard. Right. And that yeah. wasn't the ShamWow guy. Oh, it's not. Okay. That was the, sh- the OxyClean guy. Oh, yeah. That's right. The other guy was uh, a pervert or something. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and then yeah. ShamWow, ShamWow was a pervert. OxyClean guy just died. Okay. And then there's the Yelly guy who just screams everything. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm not. Yeah, we've kind of gone off course my memes, here. My memes uh, does make. Anyway, so Jellyfish. We've yeah. kind of strayed from the lane of this conversation. Oh, ho, yes. <laughs> <laughs> The cool thing about these robots is that they are autonomous. And so you kind of let them loose in the area-ish of where you want. I mean, because they don't, they're not un, they don't have unlimited power. So you yeah. have to put them sort of where, where you need them. And then they can find and detect the jellies. Well, they could put in generators from wave action. What? They're floating robots. Oh, I see. Yeah, right. So, so they're, to, to power them. The wave action could yeah. power them. Okay, yeah. But uh, speaking of autonomous robots, the autonomous cars could help us in the future. There, there's been a couple of articles about autonomous cars. I mean, obviously, the, the Google car has uh, been given the green light to drive around certain parts of California autonomously. And there's been some really cool demonstrations. And what they're saying is that... Cars like this may help us with traffic congestion, which is a cool thing, and I would be very happy to do this. There, so would I. Mainly because we humans are really We're, piss poor at driving. Yes, we are. But part of the problem here is that not everybody will have an autonomous car, so this may only help a wee bit. But there are certain things that I learned while reading about these autonomous cars and how they might help that I didn't realize. And they're helping that we can possibly do better while we drive. And one of the main ones that I see every day, uh, especially coming home from school, and you probably do it at work, is when you come up to a lane merge. Like, in my case, I have four lanes cutting down to two. One of the problems that some people have noticed is that people like me, for example will get over knowing that there is going to be a lane change, so I have to get get out of that lane. And so some of the so-called experts say <laughs> that this is not the best way to do it. Right. They say wait until basically the last second and then zipper in, you know. Yeah. They first make, lane. Make a zipper. Right. So lane A goes first, then lane B, then lane A, then yeah. B, then and merge in that way. But the problem I see with this is they don't mention anything about psychology, and they don't mention what happens when people get over. Okay, I ride a motorcycle, so I'm constantly leaving enough space for a car to get in front of the Actually, a car and a half, if at all possible, if the guy behind me isn't trying to kill me. But I'm always leaving space for a car to get in. What I've noticed is that when cars get in, they immediately tailgate the car in front of them and don't generally speaking leave that space yeah maybe one out of 20 people leaves starts leaving space certainly trucks do and and such like that because they're generally better drivers and so the problem is that people get over but then they don't do anything until they're forced to let somebody in and that's kind of where the the, the well, problem there is also that the psychology of i got over i saw it a mile right. down the road I got over, why the fuck are you being a dick exactly. and speeding all the way up there to get 15 car lengths ahead? Right. There is also that psychology. Sure. And so you, As I call it, the big truck in Texas. 
right. the the asshole who drives down the breakdown lane and then expects to be let back in. Right. Yes. That kind of, no, I'm not going to let you back in. Who do you think you are? Exactly. Well, apparently that's what kind of what you're supposed to do, do. Except, except not the breakdown lane. But on a merge, zipper in at the front, and then everybody else, apparently, it, it makes, makes it an easier transition. More efficient. Yeah. Supposedly. But the thing about having an autonomous car, then, is Esca automatically going to try and leave as much space as it, as it can, given the criteria of trying to drive the... But also the autonomous car has the possibility, if we have a common operating system, that the cars can talk to each other and sure. say, we've got, at this point, this is where we're going to do the merge, kind of all have this traffic center agreement of, at this GPS coordinate, this is where the merge is going to start to happen. Right. And so, you go, I go, you go, I go, exactly. you go, I go, right. and then it can In actually addition, work. In addition, it maintains a constant rate of speed as opposed to human drivers Which I ran into today. There can was go a, anywhere from... 20 miles an hour on a major highway to 130. Yeah. yeah, there's the weirdness of how people go at different speeds, but there's also the people stop or slow down for no particular reason. And because people do that, other drivers don't trust them. So they may break either sooner than they should have or yeah, later. But, but the moment I see brake lights... That's when I start letting off the gas. Exactly. Because I, I will slow down. And the reason is because people really, you say for no reason, but people aren't stupid. Generally speaking, if they see brake lights in front of them, they're going to start slowing down. And so that slows everybody else behind you down as well as the people in front of you are already slowing down. So, like, when you pull in behind somebody and you're pretty close, you put on your brakes. The person behind you who's fairly close has to put on their brakes again. And so what you and get is this according. Yeah. 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 You get the, they call it a shock wave. With a lot of cars like in California, for example, it's very obvious that this is happening. Yeah, but lost- even on like a circular track, you can look up the sh- traffic shock wave on YouTube and you'll see even with eight cars going around in a circle, someone slows down, everybody else does until it comes back around to the guy who originally initiated it. Yeah. It's really kinda interesting. And, and, and incredibly annoying. frustrating. Yes. Yeah, lived in LA for seven years and just the going forty miles an hour and stopping, forty miles an hour stopping, forty miles an hour stopping drives you insane where it'd just be a lot easier to everybody went twenty miles an hour. But if you go twenty miles an hour and leave a couple car lengths between you and the next car, some idiot decides that that's enough space for their double back wide pickup truck with a trailer to basically nose their way in there without using their traffic signal. Yeah, that's what's most. And that fucks to me, yeah. everybody up because they don't plan ahead. People they don't trust other drivers, so they just do what they're going to do anyway. Yeah, and. And it gets insane. Yeah. It'd be great to have autonomous cars, but at the same time, like, I like to ride the motorcycle, and there's really no way that you're going to make that an autonomous vehicle. That's not the, that's not the point of the motorcycle. And you're always going to have people also who will have the muscle car, the fast car, who want to drive like that. Of course, having fewer of those people on, or even having fewer motorcycles, or rather more autonomous cars and more motorcycles... Because you have to drive defensively with the motorcycle if you mm-hmm. want to survive it any length of time. One of the articles that I read about this, there was something where they did a study, I think it was up in Boston, and they found out if they removed just 1% of the cars mm-hmm. from circulation, that there would be an 18% increase in efficiency right. in, in the traffic congestion. And 
a lot of that should be fixed by public transportation, <laughs> but nobody's really been able to figure out how to get people to do public transportation unless it's somewhere like New York City where it's just completely and utterly impractical for most of the population to have a car. Well, the thing is, because the United States was built up around everybody having a vehicle, if you look at Great Britain or the European Union, their infrastructure is built up around everybody mass. having a horse. <laughs> well, but you have the trains. So it's a lot easier to get around. If you make it easier to get, to get around, yeah. I mean, my original idea about going back to school, I live 24 miles away from the university. And my original plan was to use the bus. But the problem is, even though I live right next to the highway, which goes directly to UTSA, there is no bus that goes yeah. from my side of town over there. It takes me 30 minutes to get to school on my own. It takes two hours by bus <laughs> yeah. uh, from the time I get to the bus. And it takes me 15 minutes, 20 minutes to get to the bus place. Yeah. So here in San Antonio, we have a very weird bus system where it's this weird spaghettified. It yeah. looks like a gerrymandered political map right. of where you go. Your bus goes up and humps down, and then it goes up and around right. it but again the, but then and problem, crosses over The it problem is that no, I forgot the problem. No, the, the problem is that even if I can get – the, the two hours isn't, isn't bad because I can study because I'm not driving, right? The problem is that I can't get home again. Because <laughs> the bus doesn't go the back bus, the way. The bus stops basically 30 minutes – yeah, 30 minutes away from my house. All the buses stop running, so I would have to go someplace else. So I might as well just go to, go to school instead. So they – the United States, at least Texas – now Dallas is, is – has a pretty good deal going on with the with the tram, right? As mm -hmm. long as you're going downtown. <laughs> but so if you can get someplace where you can walk around, like if you're going downtown, that's great. But you have to you have to be able to go both ways, and certainly San Antonio. Yeah, uh, going both ways is not a big thing in Texas. No, <laughs> you go and you're gonna stay there, damn it, because <laughs> your wheel done broke and you gotta put it up in front of your new homestead. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, so so, there, so robotic cars might be able to help a little, but yeah. they're also not the entire – they're not going to be a completely practical solution because someone's always going to have their 1973 Mustang that they're going to want to drive or some 1950s. But if we could get the majority of cars because, because – or, or robotic car lanes. Yeah, because the cool thing about robotic cars, which you don't see a lot mentioned, but because – if they can communicate with each other, then they'll be a lot more efficient because they can form trains, which uh, allow all the cars behind a draft, mm -hmm. which reduces gas consumption. And then if somebody wants to get in, like if I'm going from San Antonio to Dallas, you get in a, a train of, of 10 cars. Well, if somebody else is going to Dallas or to Waco, they can join the train, you know, so because they're communicating and I don't have to do anything. Yeah, I would totally buy an autonomous car I'd, I'd be i'd be one of the first people to get it if i could afford it just yeah. because it'd be one cool <laughs> but two yeah to be driving down the highway reading a newspaper oh hell yeah. The... <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah that would be that would be really cool well then i guess texas and san antonio would have to rethink their texting while driving policies well, an autonomous car doesn't matter. Someone else is driving. You're not driving. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember when the Google car thing was starting up that 
one of the discussions that everybody was having and trying to figure out how to do this is if an autonomous car gets in an accident, right. who's liable? Is it the company that programmed the car? Is it the person who was behind the wheel technically but wasn't driving? At the yeah. beginning, I'm sure they're going to put some... The onus is going to be on the company. Well, no. They're, they're, what I'm saying is they're, they're going to put laws in place that it's your car, it's your responsibility. All right. Until such time as you get to the point where it's 99.99999% effective. Mm-hmm. Right. If you read some of the old laws of the horseless carriage when it first came out, they're ridiculous. And I know some of these from watching this British show uh, QI, quite interesting. Okay. And one of them was... If you see a horse coming from the other way, you have to honk. And if they decide to keep coming, you have to pull off the road and hide the car so as not to freak out the, the horse. The horse. <laughs> and I think one of them is you have to you had to dismantle it. Like they totally didn't want they totally didn't want cars at all on the road. So they like they made it so impossible for you to actually get anywhere. And I believe that that was one of the first things that the Google car was and it's probably still fighting, is like, oh, yeah, sure, you can have it, but you're not allowed to go over 20 miles per hour. Right. You know? Okay, well, well that doesn't do any good. With, really. with all this kind of robotic technology and new ideas for having autonomous cars and driverless cars or whatever, it's all a matter of baby steps. Right. And in other robotic news, we have a whole bunch of other robots that are all taking baby steps in different ways. I'll bet they're beyond baby steps a little bit. As what we would term in robotics terms. Okay. Well, I mean, there are things like there's Boston Dynamics, which is a company that's working with DARPA to try to essentially fulfill their DARPA robotics challenge of trying to figure out how ways to improve robotic technology to make it more stable, make it cheaper, and make it more versatile. Mm -hmm. Boston Dynamics has developed things like the Atlas robot, which is a biped robot that they've made great strides <laughs> in figuring out how to make it be able to walk over lots of different terrain. Mm-hmm. And they've done... Oh, is that the one that looks like a like little baby at-at? No, no, it's two-legged. Okay. So it would be an at-st. But there's the one that the the one that's based it's the on the chicken walkers. Don't laugh yeah, at me. Yeah. yeah, but there's the one that looks like it's based on, on the quadruped. It looks yeah. like... It does. It looks like a little baby at end. Right. That's the wildcat, I think. Okay. But the, the Atlas robot is they're trying to make sure that it can walk on two legs and still be stable. So they show some video of it, like walking over rocks or something. And then there's some things where they've tested basically standing the robot up on its two legs and then whacking it in the side with something heavy, like a sandbag or something, and saying, does it fall over? And it has succeeded in those kind of tests. And also things like having a robot stand on one leg and can it maintain its balance. Although having a two-legged robot, I'm wondering what the reasoning behind that is. It does because it doesn't... C-3PO. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Yeah, because it doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense just to create a humanoid-type robot. Mm Mm-hmm. And I guess for crowd control, you could really freak people out. You get in that uncanny valley kind of thing. Well, the only thing I can think of is ground space. So if you have a biped robot, it's only using up like one square meter versus two or three square meters where you've got a four-legged robot. Yeah, so it would would make it easier to transport that way. Yeah, 
like the uh, robots from the episode one or whatever it was, Star Wars. The the basically the dumb fighter robots who are making yeah. silly jokes. Okay, yes. yeah, yeah, because they're all transported, basically curled up, and then they come out and they they die like stormtroopers. Yeah, so they're <laughs> simplistic cannon fodder robots yeah. that they take up less space, so they're less complicated. They're just walking on two legs. Yeah. Where you've got things like the Wildcat and I think it's the Big Dog robots, yeah. which are essentially – the Big Dog was, is also a quadruped robot, which was meant to basically be able to carry big loads. Right. And then the Wildcat, which is essentially can it run fast and be um, nimble? Mm-hmm. Can it like turn on a dime and that sort of thing? So the, an earlier version of the Wildcat was on a treadmill – and was basically able to go, what was it, 28 miles an hour? 25 or 28. Something yeah, like yeah. But now they've developed an untethered version, basically an autonomous one with an internal combustion engine, which <laughs> it just seems very steampunk to me. Yeah. Of It can only go 16 miles an hour, but it's not tethered to anything. Right. So it's better able to move fast around whatever environment it may be. Now, this is DARPA. So you think you've got the humanoid robot, which is holding the rifle, shooting at stuff. You've got the big dog robot, which is carrying supplies from the base. Yeah, but you could put lasers on the on the. Okay, lasers or guns or whatever, or a rifle. And then you've got the wildcat, which is kind of like, like I said, the ATST robots from Star Wars, where they're kind of running around the perimeter, cavalry style, biting people's heads off, essentially. That's 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 the one thing that the fast one. That's all I I can think of is it growling and then leaping at, <laughs> at its like like some you know crazy anime. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. But then, I mean, yeah. some of these robots everybody. could be used for search and rescue. Sure. Kind of things where you need to deal with different terrains. So maybe a biped might be able to get in easier than a quadruped would because sure. maybe it's taking up less space or something like that. Or Maybe some future Mars rover would be on legs instead of wheels. Once we know better about the surface, maybe at this point, wheels is probably the best bet because you can have overinflated wheels that don't sink in as opposed to a foot that would just go and you're screwed. Robot breaks its ankle on Mars. There's not much you can do about it. Well, if you're not there, that's true. And eventually you've got basically these three separate robots trying to figure out three separate things, balance, endurance and speed eventually like say for example you tie all those together with that japanese robot that's got the mouth and face that goes yeah not yeah that's that really creepy uncanny valley kind of thing eventually you combine all these baby steps in technology which is how i transitioned onto this stupid topic (laughs) (laughs) and eventually you get c-3po because all these various robotic technologies are going to come together in the future eventually. And speaking of robotic technologies coming together, one of the geniuses over at MIT, we've got John Romanishin, and he basically came up with this idea of, well, wouldn't it be neat if we had robots that could self-assemble themselves? Oh, yeah, these are little cube things. Yeah. So he's got these little... And they're colored. Yeah, he's, well... He's got aluminum cubes that they've been hollowed out, and in They're the middle... About, wait, how, how large? About two inch and a half, two inches? Uh, two yeah. inch blocks. Yeah. Okay. So about yay big. And... <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> listeners, about yay big. Okay, you got that? About, about this size. Not, not this size. This size. 
because because a yay is defined by the Bureau of Weights and Measures. <laughs> Sorry. I... There are times when doing a podcast that I forget that the listeners can't, <laughs> can't see, see what I'm doing. And most of the time, that's a very good thing. Right. You want me to take a picture of you going yay big? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll take a picture of me all the... Where is my camera? Camera, camera, camera. Here we go. <laughs> Boy, that just looks wrong. <laughs> okay, and let me let me send it to you. God, where were we? Um, we were on we yay. Yeah, big okay. two two inch yeah. square. So you've got a cube of aluminum about two inches across, which is about <laughs> yay was, big. I thought that was eighty. Was what? I, I didn't hear that. Why, why are uh, women so Why do women math? park so close to the curb? Because our whole life we've been told that this is eight inches. Ah, uh, yes. Continue. I'll start again. <laughs> so they take these two-inch blocks of... You... Uh, you... 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 That's going to be our next shirt. So we take two inch blocks of <laughs> uvulus. <sighs> Almost there. No, we're not. Stop <laughs> lying. This is pretty much our last topic. <laughs> so they take these two inch blocks. <laughs> they take these two inch uvulas, put them in blocks. I can't even get two inches out of my mouth. Oh, that came out wrong. <laughs> All I can think of is, oh, there we go. <laughs> Pop goes the weasel. <sighs> I, I have to say two-inch blocks of aluminum. I can't start any other way. Try aluminium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a big help. <laughs> I'm going to be able to pronounce that. It doesn't even have the letter in there. <laughs> well, at least Richard will be happy. <laughs> so they start with these two-inch blocks that are made out of an aluminum. They're, and, and they essentially hollow them out and put little flywheels inside. And those flywheels are able to... They're cool wheels. <sighs> <laughs> yes, they're pretty fly for blocks of aluminum, this guy. Exactly. And these little wheels can spin up to 20,000 revolutions per minute That's, really, really fast and then stop on a dime. Yeah. And that momentum the, essentially – it nudges the block a little and they can either do a little bit of spinning and stopping that will just nudge the block or a lot, which will make it roll over. Yeah. And that essentially allows these blocks to kind of move together and magnets on the side that are pr kind of programmed by the programmer – allow them to stick together in different configurations. Right, so they're actually electromagnetics because they can turn them on and off. Yes, exactly. Now, they, like Donna said a second ago, well, not because we're editing a whole shitload out of this <laughs> segment, but... Donna mentioned sometime, which may or may not be in the podcast. <laughs> may have not been in this podcast. May have been a couple of podcasts ago. But Donna said something once. Yes. Donna mentioned that there was these little plastic color codes on the side of the blocks, and they, they said in the article that those are actually 
essentially so the programmer can figure out if one block isn't attaching right, they know which one it is. Because, oh, it's the orange one that's not attaching right, so they right. can program it correctly. So they can basically program all these blocks to, say, move until you connect the side to the green one. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty cool because you can make these robots unassemble and reassemble or reconfigure without coming apart right. into different shapes and sizes. Now, that's all they can do. They're essentially high-tech Legos at this point. But Do they still hurt if you step on them in the middle of the night? They're two fucking inch blocks of aluminum. Yes, they hurt. Okay. <laughs> and if the flywheel's going in and they haven't covered them up, uh, it's going to hurt. Well, the flywheel's on the inside. It, yeah, but if you... Never mind. Go ahead. If they take off the plastic cover, take the the flywheel out of it, no, and no. put it on the no, ground. Because yes, you, it's going to hurt. No, because if on you it. step on it and it's going and it's just aluminum, so yeah. it might crush. In which case, it's going to cut into your damn foot. That's true. Or if you don't poke it. Anyway, doesn't matter. Regardless, it'll hurt if you step on it. Yes. So all they've got are these blocks that are moving around, but eventually they're talking about trying to get these blocks down to millimeter size. And if you have enough of these blocks that, in addition to having this little flywheel in the middle that can move them around, but also other functions on them, mm-hmm. like, okay, it's got a flywheel in the middle, but one side of it has a light sensor. Right. And this other blocks, which is the green one, has an audio sensor. So you flip these around until they can build a robot head sure. or something. And you've got basically these little, I hate to use the word, nano building blocks that can assemble a robot that you send all these parts up to Mars and it'll assemble a robot that do one thing. And then for the next mission, the same robot can be reconfigured to a new purpose. Yeah. And what's cool about also about this is it it doesn't take a lot of memory for each block because uh, this is one of the things I was working on a year and a half ago is sort of like ants. There's no one overriding authority for mm-hmm. what each individual ant does. What they do is they use local laws of behavior for themselves, and based on that, they have a very complicated society. Right? And so these can work the same way, and so they, they'll be able to do probably some, some pretty cool things just using, like you said, uh, green attaches to green. Well, if it's, yeah, you have a blue and a green, and then you have the other sensor. So if they know, you know, and you might have one with an overriding idea concept of what they need to make but the local ones don't need to know so they don't have to have a lot of infrastructure besides the turn on the magnet turn off the magnet uh turn on the flywheel go this way kind of thing and that's pretty cool you can do a lot of stuff with that like you said the baby steps they only have let's just get them to assemble yeah i think i think they said they can make it into a chair which is pretty cool well you combine oh my god they made pyramids they're like ancient aliens (laughs) You take this technology, which is essentially high-tech Legos, and Legos are making their own high-tech Legos, yeah, but this is even more high-tech yeah, than that. Yeah, the Mindstorm yeah. series, is uh, they're getting really into the robotics and about being able to control them with like your iPhone and sure. a whole bunch of stuff. I was just reading about that yesterday. I was like, yeah, I it, just remember when you could I build want pyramids. more time so I can figure this one out. So you combine <laughs> that with being able to figure out how to program a robot with the algorithms enough to figure out how to walk correctly and Mm -hmm. balance correctly. 
you combine that with algorithms, like I know there's other robotic stories this week about how they've developed new algorithms for recognizing objects. Mm -hmm. Because you've got a algorithm that say, well, that's a coffee cup. I know it's a coffee cup. But the robot has to know it's oriented this way. I have mm -hmm. to pick it up by the handle. Oh, I can see there's water inside, so I can't tip it over. Okay. All those kind of things. And you combine that with the self-assembly. You combine that with 3D printers. And We're doomed! Well, you send a 3D oh. printer up to Mars, it, it builds tiny, you know, thousands upon thousands of little tiny blocks, right. and you just send a computer program up to the Mars orbiter or something, it beams down to these assembled blocks, they assemble a rover, and we have science missions. Science! <laughs> I tell you science! And it's just awesome, neat stuff. Yes, it is. Yeah, um, some really cool stuff happening in robotics and recently. You know that the next thing that they're going for is the pretty blonde Cylon. You, we all know that's yeah, what's building that's true. towards. Well, yeah, oh, I mentioned yeah. the the weird Japanese mouthy robot that went e i e i o a l. Well, you know that's going to be a blowjob robot eventually. Yep. I mean, that's where all new technology That'll put goes. That'll an odd uh, uh, twist on the whole Star Wars universe. On the other hand, uh, Battlestar Galactica kind of. Print the bizarre twists on it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah it, they did it all by themselves. But yeah. that's why a robot like C-3PO was never given a mouth. Just a faceplate and a little light. Because they didn't want them to be, quote-unquote, using C-3PO well, that way. C3 well, obviously C they didn't watch Zack and Mary make a porno. Yeah, but C-3PO was actually made that way because he was designed by a preteen. <laughs> <laughs> Who didn't know about sex? <laughs> didn't know about sex just yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an odd, disturbing <laughs> image I have now. Okay, click on image, drag to trash, empty trash. On okay. the other hand, C-3PO did call li little Anakin Skywalker master. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never saw C-3PO going around with a studded dog collar on, so... No, but he was, he was pretty naked the um, entire time. Pretty sure that happened in Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars. That's not canon. <laughs> Are you sure? Pretty sure, I guess. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, tell that to Anakin Skycalker. <laughs> Is that what they were calling him know. as a robot? That's the first important thing I can think of from, from a Star Wars name. Or Princess, well, Princess Lamy. Yeah. Princess Lamy. Princess Lay there. <laughs> well, you're the telling us Jewish a little American... too much about your sex life there, Gary. She was the first Jewish American princess. <laughs> Plenty. Beige, I want to paint the ceiling... Beige. <laughs> Funny, she doesn't look Jewish. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I was going, but I was waiting for the. I don't get the beige, but okay. Do I really have to explain this to you? You can uh, offline. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we've gone way offline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much that entire portion. I think is uh, going on the end. Okay. Well, all right. Uh, on that note, I'm not really certain which note that's going to be. Because <laughs> there's a lot getting cut uh, out of the show. Wow, wow. <laughs> Every time I try to pronounce a name, that's getting cut out of the show. <laughs> yeah. So we have about a 10-minute podcast then, right? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> In my, my, uh, if my we thing. cut out everything that any one of us fucked up, we would always have a 10-minute show. <laughs> right. 
Yeah. Hey, this happened. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> I'm sure there's some listeners who wish we talked that way. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so one day we're going to put together an entire podcast of words said in other podcasts. So it's like a, a audio ransom note. Or we could build a podcast that's just in a conglomeration of all the ums, ahs, and you knows <laughs> that we cut out of all 130 other shows. Oh, That'd be like a 10-hour podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll do it for you, dear listener. That's right. Because you're you. calling for it. You His, demanded it. You can't get enough of us umming and awing and humming. All right. So what did we learn this week? We learned that Mira Mogilevsky needs fish. <laughs> But not really. <laughs> and not the band. Not the band. Yeah, with an F-I-S-H, not a P-H-I-S-H. Okay. We learned that it's a Nobel thing to be born today. Ha, 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 ha. Keep going, Gary. <clears throat> we learned that the government shutdown is like a bad batch of popcorn. There's a small kernel of truth, but that kernel ain't popping. And kernel is in kernel of corn, not a... United States yes. Army colonel. Not, not a colonel, but a colonel. I know nothing. Exactly. We learned that robots are cool, and they blend jellyfish. That's not a shake that I want to drink. No, probably not a good shake. I'm uh, sure someone out there, some like all natural, freaking kind of persons, like, oh man, jellyfish smoothies, they really make you live a long time, because jellyfish never die. Sure, throw that placenta and you're ready to go. <laughs> oh. On that note, I think we should probably end. Oh, yeah. And no. th so thank you for joining us this week. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll talk at you next week. Thanks, yeah. uh, thanks, Greg and Donna. Thanks, Gary and Donna. Thanks, Greg and Gary. All right. Well, and thank you, listeners, for downloading. Oh, yeah, you too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you too. Or as, as no, Greg calls you, kind listeners? No. Dear listeners. Dear listeners. <clears throat> faithful listeners. Well, we don't know if you're faithful or not. You're probably slutting around with the oh, other just, podcasts. <laughs> Gary, don't slut shame the listeners. <laughs> I didn't say there's anything wrong with slutting around. I just said but they're probably slutting around. But you talked in a derogatory way. They're just probably slutting around. That's how you said it. That's true. Well, it's Gary. What do you expect? He's a slut. Yeah. Well, I hope you get your oral fixation then. See, it's oral. A, -A, -A U, yeah. <laughs> Not astronomical unit. All right. Thanks for joining us. So later. Bye. 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 <laughs> the Skeptic Wire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the PodPosted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. Wait a minute. Since when do you carry a purse? Oh, uh, once in a while I have to. Namely because I've got like... Today was a misogynist day, so she needs something to slap him upside <laughs> yeah, the head. Yeah, and look, <laughs> and it's purple. Is it? Yes. Yeah. Okay.
I guess I thought it was more of a maroon. No, it's, it is purple. It's it's hard it to see. It depends on the light. And... Well, the blue, the bluish LED. It's it's purple. It's kind of a maroony brownie. No, no, it's definitely purple. It, 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 look look at it now. No, I'd have to get up. How do you think I got this fat? By not fall. getting up from the table. <laughs> fall over. Take a look. <laughs> Roll up, roll off your chair and take a look. See, now it's in the shadows. Now I can't see it. Uh, and and, no and Harpo is standing yet. over it, so basically, basically, your purse is the silence. He <laughs> <laughs> looks at, oh yeah, it's purple. <laughs> <laughs> My God, there's fourteen purple purses in here. <laughs> How do you know? Huh? You heard nothing. Okay. Sorry, there's 14 jars of peanut butter in here. <laughs> you don't need 14, you just need one. Just need one. And a friendly dog. Right, Harpo? You're a friendly dog, aren't you? Harpo, the friendly dog. Yeah, I was thinking about... Um... <laughs> I want to know where you're going from here. I don't <laughs> think I want to know. No, it's an odd transition. I was thinking about... Yeah, the monkey... the weasel. Yeah, round and round the mulberry bush, the monkey chased the weasel. Blah, 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 blah. Pop goes... What's? I I forgot to look it up. What What comes after... And why is the monkey? What's the meaning of that? Why is the monkey chasing the weasel? Because it, 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 doesn't this have something to do with the I, with the plague? No, that's a uh, uh, ring around. The I know Rosie. ring around the rosies is, but no, it, it, is, it has to do uh, with the Protestant Reformation. Does it? The monkey chasing the weasel is all all about you know the reformist versus the pope. Oh, I have no idea. I just made that shit up. <laughs> okay, all like, around the cobbler's house, the monkey chased the people. People. And after them, in double haste, pop goes the weasel. All around the mulberry. Round and round the microphones, the skeptic wire talks measles. But we already got the vaccinations. Pop, pop. Goes the weasel. Caviezel. Is that the guy who played Evil Knievel? <laughs> Jim Caviezel is the yeah. guy who played Jesus Christ in, in okay. the Thank you. Passion of the Christ. I knew it was a movie. I may also bring up that uh, Facebook post I made last week where when I was driving cross-country, my brother and I were going to stop at Meteor Crater, but it was closed. And we're like, how do you close a crater? And just kind of okay. joke that way. You fill it in. That's how you close it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I we think I'll, I'll, I'll yep. save, save it. Cast. Save it. Okay, I'm ready. Hold that energy in and then let it explode in a sploosh of podcast interestingness and That sounds wisdom. like something you need a sock for. We've napkins. discussed this before. I've never used a sock. Or napkins. Kleenex. Uh, Kleenex. Facial tissue, because Kleenex would be a... Uh, a brand name. Brand name. Yeah. Yeah. 
I bet you heard that story and Xeroxed it. Huh? <laughs> Get it? Huh? That's well. It happened while he was in the jacuzzi. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. While well, I was drinking a coke. What kind of sprite, coke do you want? Yeah. A sprite. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, it's like shutting down. So why are you not? trying to give random goldfish to random people on the internet? Well, it's not a random person because apparently last weekend. Someone who doesn't particularly like either one specific person on Freethought Blogs or Freethought Blogs entirely. I'm going with option B. Uh, decided to create a Facebook page. Um, should Miri Mog... Mogwai? <laughs> Mowgli? Shut up. <laughs> Gary, you're not helping. Donna, it's okay if you joke, but Gary, you're not Are helping. Are you saying the only reason that I can joke is because I have boobs? No. Because you. you're good at it, he's just snarky. Um. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow! I, 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 I think you were insulted. Yeah, Kiri Mogadishu. Then, <sighs> um, how how is Mogwai a Mowgli? Never mind. Go ahead, continue. It's the best I could think of at the moment that wouldn't get me murdered in my sleep. Well, of course we can merge you. She's totally all about murdering you while you're awake. You shall land a boat in the desert. <laughs> yeah. It's true. I'm doomed. <laughs> doom, 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 doom. Quiet, girl. <laughs> all right. So, Carrie, what? <laughs> so, apparently, last weekend, uh, someone who doesn't like... Either Freethought Blogs or one specific person on Freethought Blogs um, decided to create a Facebook page called Should Miri Moglit Moglit Fuck! It's a hard name! It's a hard hard name because I'm American and I don't speak good. Mogilevs Mogilev Mogilevsky? Mogilevsky. Mogilevsky. Mog E Live ski. Isn't that the <laughs> mountain that they are trying to dump the ring in? It's actually it's as a, a mag magnetically levitated ski lift. Oh, okay. It's a Magalevsky. It's the Russian version of uh, Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> yeah, it's getting oh, cut yeah, out, isn't it? That's <laughs> well, she doesn't wear a beret. She wears one of those furry hats. Who? <laughs> Kiri Megalevsky? <laughs> no. First Miri. of all, it's Miri. Miri. I don't know why I say Kiri. I fuck up the last name. You fuck up the first name. Together we can actually pronounce her damn name. <laughs> God. Jack Spratton, <sighs> etc. Someone on Facebook decided to put together a page called Should Miri Muggle... Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I had nothing to do with that. I was no, taking a drink of water. <laughs> I almost spit it out. <laughs> okay. So apparently someone on Facebook created a Facebook page called Should Miriam Mokolevsky Be Killed, correct? Yes, I think he wants but to you say... were laughing through the damn thing, too, so it, I can't use that. <laughs> That's because I almost said Kiri again. 
Okay, so let me try this. So it's my understanding that Mary Mogilevsky, there was a page created about her titled, Should... You're not helping. She was doing good. That's why she gets to make puns if you don't. <laughs> now you know, Gary. <laughs> Donna doesn't ruin takes. Yes, I do. All the time. Do you not? Not on the show. I'm, like, film stuff. Yes. I'm so sorry. Cause, uh, right, right when you went through, got through her name, I was going to go, yay! And I thought, no, I'll stop. And they started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was trying to be good. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. So do you want to try again? Do we just want to ring around the rosy fist? <laughs> yeah, I just need a second here. I think you need the name ski. <laughs> Yuri Mogilevsky. Mogilevsky. It's <sighs> ridiculous. How do we even get these shit done? <laughs> I miss one week. <laughs> Every other week. <laughs> Herman Emil Lewis Fisher was born 1852, October 9th. He was a... Ger Fuck! German! German! So he was a GPS system. <laughs> he was a German! <laughs> oh my Garmin! <laughs> oh my Garmin is hacking up these days. We must have a big storm coming in. Oh, Garmin! <laughs> Garmin. How do we get these done? <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> Damn it. I know you do. I know you do. The first thing I think is German. <laughs> well, it's it's not just like I'm, I'm taking a breath in and then you laugh. It's also I take a breath in and realizing I'm wheezing a little bit. So it's a German. Wow. <laughs> I was trying to do the no. whole I'm Batman thing. Oh. oh. I'm Gurman. He just said it was possessed. I thought that was your gremlin voice. Gremlin Gurman. Gurman Gremlin. Just as long as you don't feed it after midnight, it's fine. Yeah, never feed, like, never at feed what, it. At what point after midnight? Because pretty much everything is after midnight. <laughs> after is it midnight. Greenwich Mean Time? Or... <laughs> Probably. Okay. Okay, so thank you for joining us this week. We pre—I uh, don't know what's going on. Uh, oh, hey, I have to sum up, don't I? We have yeah, a sum up. We need a—we need a wrap up. We have a wrap up. <clears throat> that Use seaweed. Seaweed wrap, like they oh, do at the spas. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, or a condom was, for that. I was going to say lambskin. <laughs> <laughs> you guys just have dirty minds. I never think that way. Bullshit. He's right. <laughs> He's right, you know. He doesn't quite think that way. <laughs> I, I have no point. idea what you were insinuating no, there. There, there is no, I don't know. I don't know what that means. I'm just throwing that. Okay. That's our podcast. We don't know yeah. what anything means. All right. So what did we learn this week? We learn that... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
couldn't read my handwriting. I think I've gone deaf in that ear, Greg. <laughs> Warn me next time. Part part of that was I actually couldn't read my handwriting, but the other part is I was making sure that I was going to pronounce it properly. <laughs> oh, your face. Okay, we learned that Miramogalevsky needs fish, but not real. Fish.